We have words of wisdom. We have words of encouragement. We have words that are sent from God into Florence's mouth for us today. You're amazing. So, Florence, I pray for you. I pray the words of your mouth. Florence is an amazing, lovely woman. And I thank you for the words that are going to come out of her mouth today, Lord. I thank you for the words that you've put on her heart. And I thank you that we are here with open hearts, open ears to listen and receive what you've sent for us today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Dorothy. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Um, You know, this wife said to her husband, how would you describe me? And the husband said, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. And the wife said, what does that mean? And the husband said, adorable, beautiful, cute, delightful, elegant, fashionable, gorgeous, and hot. And the wife said, oh, thank you so much. That's so, so lovely. But what about I, J, K? And the husband said, I was just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, this morning, honestly, I don't need to preach because whatever I was going to say, it came out in the prayer. And when Julie said to pray for the flats across the road and the songs we sung, it's all been said and done. So we can go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the song that build your kingdom, let hear, uh, let the darkness fear. And I was saying, Lord, all that's, you know, what I'm going to say has been said in the song already. Yeah, well, I'm going to uh, speak on revival follows prayer. Uh, I know prayer is hard work, no doubt about it. That is one reason why maintaining an effective prayer life is so, so difficult. It takes consistent daily effort to pray. I find it hard, but I make myself, I discipline myself to do it. And I'm sure you do that too. So I'm just going to share a few quotes on prayer. They are not mine, they are other people's. So through prayer we receive guidance and provision from God. Prayer is submitting a need we cannot supply to God who can supply all our needs. Prayer is the gymnasium of the soul. I love this one. Prayer is the gymnasium of the soul. If Jesus needed to pray and he told his disciples to pray, how much more we need to follow into Jesus' footsteps. Through prayer, God makes us a channel of his power. It has been said, a day without prayer is a day without blessing, and a life without prayer is a life without power. Prayer is also difficult because it's one of the activities Satan would most like us to avoid. Satan hinders prayer. But prayer also hinders Satan. Prayer is a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God, and a scourge to Satan. A lot of kneeling before God uh, keeps you in good standing before God. Kneeling 
and standing before God. A day without prayer is boast against God. I had to think about that. What does it mean? Because when we are not praying, we are not relying on God. We are relying on our own efforts and on our own uh, ideas and plans. So what exactly is prayer? Anyone? What is prayer? Speaking to God. Very good. Anyone else? Yeah? Okay. Let me help you. Exodus 33:11 says, "For the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend." So this tells us that prayer is a conversation with God. And prayer has two parts: talking to God and listening to God. Yeah, that's what we do, don't we, when we pray? So we hear what God has to say and um if i can turn this page with one hand so god wants us to talk to him it's like partnership in a marriage if one never talks and the other one never listens the partnership will partnership will break through lack of communication and so what type of language do we use in prayer now this is a difficult one because sometimes people are afraid to pray because they think they have to use certain words flowery language and uh, to engage with god in some religious uh, prayers there are repetitive words so we are confused how what words do we use how do we pray but when we are speaking to our parents do we first practice words think of words what we are going to say in case we make them angry in case they reject us no we don't we don't practice words or anything before we speak to our parents we just talk to them normally but with respect of course well god is our father and he welcomes conversations with his children in our daily normal words or language So how many different types of prayers we can pray? Prayer of faith, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of agreement, prayer of supplication or request, prayer of worship, prayer of consecration, prayer of intercession, prayer of adoration, that's what we were doing when we were worshiping, prayer of confession and prayer of vows. Well, I could go on. but i'm sure you get the idea that we can talk to god about anything and everything and he will always be there to listen to our prayers 24/7 so what are the effects of prayer prayer changes things prayer changes people prayer changes circumstances prayer moves things in the heavenlies prayer brings down walls of separation prayer brings direction prayer strengthens prayer brings understanding prayer needs to be the backbone of the church of our church we need to pray <laughs> so and again i could go on but i would like to add one more and that is the topic of our today's talk pray prayer is the key to revival in our personal lives in our church's life and in our national life 
So how do we pray for revival? We want revival, don't we? We want to see uh, influx of people coming in. We want every prayer, every chair filled up. So how do we pray for revival? Uh, revival praying is connecting our prayers to God's purpose. Instead of asking the Lord to bless our ideas, our efforts, and our goal. We must join our prayers to his eternal purpose. And his eternal purpose is that all men may come to the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ, and his work on the cross. And that is the reason he commissioned us, as we see in Mark 16:15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus commanded, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I don't know how many nations live in those flats, but we want to make disciples of them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Two pages. <laughs> we can obey Jesus' command and share the gospel on one-to-one basis uh, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, etc. And that is our regular witnessing, which is essential for all of us. But to see an influx of people entering the kingdom of God and to see a whole nation saved, revival is the only answer. However, revival is not automatic. Revival history tells us that before every revival, there were faithful prayer warriors and intercessors praying for their land. So how should we pray for revival? Number one, pray for cleansing of our nation, our land. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. So we need to stand in the gap and repent of the sins and all the wrongdoings of our nations, things that grieve the Holy Spirit of God, that cleansing might come and pave the way for revival. Secondly, pray for darkness to lift and the light of God to shine in all the dark places, just as we were singing in that song. Isaiah 60 verse 2 tells us, See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. So it says, see, we need to see the darkness. What kind of darkness is around people? So what is darkness? Well, it's a whole different subject for us to look at. But in short, for people to know who is the true God, what he has done for them, what he's willing to do for them, and, what, and that they can know God and have a personal relationship with him. He is noble and not some far-off deity that is unreachable. And above all, he loves them so much, he was willing to die for them. 
So let's pray that the light of God would shine in all the dark places in people's lives and every area of our nation. Thirdly, pray that spiritual blindness in people would be lifted. When God gave Israelites the land he promised them, he did not clear out the land for them. They had to drive out seven nations and 31 kings so they could possess their inheritance. Seven nations, 31 kings they had to fight. But God did not promise, but God did promise, I will be with you. We don't need anything else, do we? I will be with you. Similarly, today we have to clear out our land of false gods, false religions, demonic spirits that are causing severe blindness in people, giving them false sense of security. But like the Israelites, we don't have to do it physically. In Ephesians 6.12, it tells us, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And that is why we need to engage in warfare prayer and intercession for our nation. For this, we need to put on the whole armor of God because we can't do it by ourselves because we, not fight, we cannot fight the forces of darkness. So in Ephesians 6, it tells us, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. You know, standing is difficult against the forces of darkness. So we need to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. Stand with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this... Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, on all occasions. Whether we are up or down, we are in trouble, in circumstances, Pray in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. We looked at what kinds of prayers are there. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray for spiritual ears to open. We were singing, weren't we, in that song just now. Spiritual ears are not our physical ears that we can see. We hear God and his word with the ears of our heart. But when hearts are hardened against God, it's not possible to hear his voice. That's why people don't hear. You can preach all you like. If their hearts are, hearts are hard, then they cannot hear. They're, all they're hearing is word. They're not receiving it in their hearts. So let's pray that the heart, hearts will be softened and they will hear the voice of God. It's not possible to hear his voice unless their hearts are receptive. 
or understand his words. So let's pray for deaf ears to open so they would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit ushering them into the kingdom of God. Pray prisoners would be set free. Just now, just now we were praying for people to be set free. Freedom from old habits, anger, food, alcohol, sex, money, abusive relationships, condemnation, guilt, depression, demonic spirits, judgmental spirits, and much more. Pray that prison doors would open by the power of the Holy Spirit for people to walk into the freedom that only Christ can bring into their lives. There's freedom nowhere else. It's only in Christ. And when people come to him, they are set free. All this can only happen when God's people start praying earnestly in the power of the Holy Spirit. In revival, God moves suddenly. People become God-conscious. Spirit of God grips people in such a way that they feel compelled to surrender their lives to him. So look at, let's look at some revival histories briefly. In the book of Acts chapter 2, we read that on the day of Pentecost, they were all together and praying. When they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they started speaking in tongues, declaring the wonders of God. And with that bold preaching by Peter, 3,000 people got saved in one single day. Now, that is not classed as revival as such. But in my opinion, when 3,000 people get saved in one single day, that is revival. And if that happens in our church, I would be jumping up and down. And I will be going out on the streets and shouting out, revival is here, revival is here. Come, revival is here. 3,000 people. Shall we pray that our church will bring in people and 3,000 people will get saved and this place will be filled to overflowing and we will have to look for a different, bigger place. Shall we pray? Okay. Now, Hebridean revival of 1949 to 1953. Behind this revival, there were two old sisters. One was 84 and blind. Their names were Peggy and Christine, by the way. So one was 84 and blind, the other 82 and crippled with arthritis. They were greatly burdened for their nation and started praying for their country. And the result? Churches got filled to overflowing. People prostrated themselves in the church aisles, weeping, repenting, and asking God's forgiveness. And how did that happen? Again, it was prayer. Welsh revival of 1904 to 1905 transformed the Welsh church interdenominationally for an entire generation. Although the revival lasted only a, about an year, a year, but in that year, 100,000 people were saved. And of these, 70,000 came to faith in for the first two months. 70,000 people in two months. There were healings. Relationships were healed. They were 
Marriages were restored, and behind this revival was a praying man, Evan Roberts. See, when the Holy Spirit moves in power, revival brings restoration to the land. And its people, again, how it starts. How does it start? With prayer. How does it start? Julie, how does it start? Prayer. (laughs) Zusa Street Revival was a Pentecostal revival in 1906 in Los Angeles. This revival was characterized by the Holy Spirit baptism with speaking in tongues, and there were miracles, eyesights were restored, diseases were cured, and there were other spiritual experiences, such as immigrants speaking in German and Yiddish. Can you imagine? <laughs> we suddenly start, all start speaking in German, <laughs> French, and all languages that we do not practice or speak normally. This revival lasted from 1906 to 1915. In the first two years, it spread to over 550 nations, such as China, India, Japan, Philippines, South Africa, Middle East, Liberia, and needless to say, millions of people surrendered their lives to Jesus. And again behind this revival was an African-American praying man, William J. Seymour. Mary probably knows that. There were many other revivals in the church history, but I think we have got the message that we desperately need a huge revival in our land to see the kingdom of God to come to our nation and spread like fire, bringing cleansing, holiness, and the fear of God that would bring righteousness, peace, and justice in all sections of our societies and our communities, and that will only happen when we get serious about prayer, supplication, and intercession on behalf of our land. So we see that prayer is the key to revival. If we wish to see Slavs saved, We need to get praying sincerely, fervently, relentlessly, with passion and fire in our bellies. Who wants fire in their belly? Yeah? So let's get praying. (laughs) If you don't feel you can pray like that, then I uh, I will ask you a bit later to please stand to your feet and we will pray about that. And we will ask God to pour his spirit of intercession on us so that revival fire will fall on us and fill us with the same passion Jesus had for the lost. His passion for the lost was so great that he was willing to lay down his life to reach us. Divine love is no abstract theory. It is a living person. It's not a theory. It's a living person. And who is that living person? Jesus Christ, who came He saw our broken lives. He saw our broken world and gave his life to make us whole so we could live and reign with him eternally. So there's always cost to love. You can't love without giving. It's not possible. And God is asking, do we love the people of Slough? If 
the answer is yes, then let's sacrifice our time to pray. God is not asking us to sacrifice our lives physically, but he's asking us to sacrifice our time, our patience, our, f- our hope, our faith. God is not asking us to do anything more than let his passion come into us so the lost become found and our nation turns to God and comes under the kingship of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So let's stand on a feet, to your feet if you can, and we will ask God to pour out his passion for the lost on us so we become a praying church to see the revival in our nations, in Slough, God, Slough is so much on our heart. We want to see everyone saved. We want to, people to come to know Jesus in a profound way in their personal lives, in their families' lives, in our societies, in our communities. We want to see that fire of revival fall on us. So let's pray. Just please lift your hands to receive what God has to give us. Father God, I just thank you that you love the people of Slough. You gave your life for them. You love them so much that you came down to this broken world, Lord God, to this sinful world. You are holy, the holy one uh, of uh, a righteous king, and still you came to this sinful world so that we may come to know you, that we may be saved, that we may have the fire in our bellies, Lord God, for those, Lord, who do not know you, those who do not accept you. Father God, I just pray that you will pour out your spirit on us just as you did on the day of Pentecost. And I pray, Lord God, that we will see the people of Slough saved, Lord. And Lord, Lord, we want to become a praying church, a church who will lift their hearts to you, Lord. Church who will uh, cry out to you on behalf of the nation, this nation, on behalf of this town of Slough, Lord God. So pour out your spirit on us, a spirit of fervence, Lord God, that we may pray daily, Lord God, lifting all those in our families, in our neighborhoods, Lord God, to your throne, that people may come to know Jesus, Jesus the King of kings, Jesus our Savior, Jesus our Redeemer, Jesus, who has gone before us and prepared a place for us so we could be with him. So, Lord, pour out your spirit on us this morning, Lord God. As we leave this place, we become praying people. We become people who will seek your heart, who will seek your passion. Lord God, pour out that spirit on us this morning. We cry out to you, Lord God. We cry out to you on behalf of our nation, on behalf of our land, on behalf of our town, Lord God, on behalf of our families, Lord God, on behalf of our neighbors, Lord God. Pour out your spirit on us, Lord, of intercession, of prayer. Oh, Lord, we just come before you. We humble ourselves, Lord. We cannot do it by ourselves. So, Holy Spirit, come. And help us, fill us afresh, fill us afresh, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your passion for the lost. We need, Lord, fill our hearts with the same passion, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Just listen to this song. are open to receive what he is doing within you now and how he is molding and how he is growing you as prayer warriors for this country and for your friends and your family Lord we love you we bless you, we praise your name Florence you're an amazing prayer warrior you're an amazing talker and thank you very very much for what you said today thank you let's give a clap. 